and welcome to episode number 62 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson and Fairway Jay, where we break down all the big bets, all the big news, all the promos, and everything that you might need to know in this great gambling world of ours. A little bit of DFS, a little bit of poker, everything that is going on, and you can find that all at thelines.com. And of course, this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. So please go in, subscribe, rate, review. We really, really appreciate any positive feedback we can get. Follow us on the Twitter machine at thelinesus and at playpicksus. Guys, we have a full week of preseason under our belts. We will talk about a little bit about the Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, Monday games at the end of the show here. See if anything stands out to us. If any of the lines jump off the page to us, we'll talk about some new contests that got in introduced over there at FanDuel. The NBA schedule, of course, came out. But first and foremost, we have a new state, Brett, joining us in the fold of legalized sports betting where you can go and place a wager and you are not doing anything wrong. You are actually contributing to your state because they will actually get some tax dollars from you. Man, what a week for Iowa. Fight, fight, fight. First of all, first last week, Major League Baseball announces that it's going to host a real professional baseball game in the cornfields of Iowa. Uh, we'll get into that shortly. But as of today, Thursday, sports betting is legal and live in the state of Iowa. It is the 11th state to launch legal sports betting in the U.S. More importantly, it is the fourth to permit online sports betting. It joins Nevada, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. So a big day for the Midwest. Just two weeks before the Hawkeyes and Cyclones kick off their respective seasons, and I imagine there will be a lot of Big Ten and Big 12 action taking place there leading up to the weekend. Um, So very exciting news out of Iowa today. Jay, we are only a minute and a half into the podcast, and we already have one Nevada out of him. We already have we we, we, we we already have one out of him. I imagine the the season total for, let's see, we'll we'll be doing this all the way through the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, let's see here. I mean, we got twenty four weeks left. I'll set the over under at about a hundred. Where he says Nevada, he just this guy cannot get it through his head that it's Nevada. Does it really bother you guys that much? Probably not us. Maybe not, others. <laughs> no, I'll tell you this: if you're actually from if uh, the people who are from here, they actually will kind of correct you, Brett. It's like it's a oh, weird man. thing. Like I don't know, I don't know why. Like you know me, I just kind of like bust people's balls about it. But uh, the people that actually are from here do, in fact, kind of a uh, kind of kind of uh, correct you when you say stuff like that. Maybe I mean I'm gonna have to I'm, I'm gonna have to do something. I'm gonna have to write this down so that I. Stop. I yeah. guess if people like really do care A's. about it, put three A's yeah. like Nevada, like Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. Got it. Yeah. There you go. Now. Anyway, yeah. good news for Iowa, yeah. Iowa, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> Iowa. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think it's just great. They're one of the four states, as you mentioned, now with online sports betting. I, th- I think I've read that they're going to roll it out just a little bit slower than the retail books. But if I'm correct, William Hill and Betworks is going to have the uh, the online platforms as well. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting there in Iowa. We've already seen some pictures coming out of some of the sports books. Some of them, obviously, they had to rush kind of to get something done there. Some of them more impressive than others. We saw a points bet uh, sports book rendering. I think that they're going to have it in the next couple of weeks there. Brett, I'm pretty sure you saw that one come across as well. That one actually looks pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, look, given that Iowa only passed a sports betting law three months ago, I didn't have high expectations for these retail books. Some look 
better than others. You mentioned the points bet one at Catfish Bend. That one looks really nice. Uh, I imagine others will get up to speed here in the next few weeks. Uh, the next few weeks, one of them actually looked the, looked like a converted break room, like just in the back of a casino. So. Yeah, uh, eventually, you know, we'll start to see them actually look like sports books. But I think you said it earlier that, you know, something is better than nothing. Yes. Believe some- me, it is. And, and and just for reference, William Hill doesn't necessarily have premium uh, looking sports books. I, I go to a bar sometimes and bet at a William Hill bar. Right. <laughs> it's not always set up that way. But it's great that they're, they've got the, the opportunity. So for you guys counting at home. Nevada, Delaware, New Jersey, Mississippi, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Arkansas, New York, New Mexico, and now Iowa. All live taking bets right here in the United States. Of course, we have a couple more on the way. Oregon will be going live. We do know this. Indiana will be going live. We do know this. Some weird stuff coming out of Illinois. We thought Illinois was going to be happening, but there's some weird stuff going on there. If you want more detail about that, head over to Legal Sports Report, our sister site and podcast, and they certainly have all the details for you there. We've got New Hampshire that will be coming online, and we have Tennessee as well that will be coming online. So this is not the end of it, Brett. This is this is just kind of the beginning here with all these other states that everyone that I mentioned are is definitely pending. I wish we had Dustin on the pod. I, w- I want to ask him right now how many states he think will be up and running by the this time next year because that could be huge. There because are there's so pretty much a bill. So many. There's pretty much a bill introduced at this juncture in just about every state except for Hawaii, like there yeah. and Utah. Those are like the only two that don't have anything that's been introduced. And of course, those are the two states in this union of ours that have no forms of gambling whatsoever. So not a shocker that those have not been introduced there. But when you look at really every single other state, something has been introduced or something has at least gotten to vote. And so I imagine if we're looking at 11 up and going already, we have those pending ones that I just mentioned. So that could get us to about 14, 15. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to have 25, 26 next year, add another 10 or 11, something like that. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, I don't think so either. And and even more importantly, a lot of the ones, even though some of the states that are live right now that don't have mobile might have mobile by this time next year, which is, I mean, hopefully New York crossing my fingers for that one. Right. That's the big thing is when I listed all those states that are up and taking bets, of course, those are just taking bets, and many of those just over-the-counter. Mississippi does have mobile, but it's called, we've dubbed it Mississippi Mobile, where you can bet on an app, but you actually have to be physically located on the casino property to do that. And I know you kind of, everyone laughs at that, but what it does allow you to do is, if you're inside of a casino, at least it does allow you to bet in-game. Because if anyone's ever tried to bet in-game over-the-counter, Jay, I'm sure you've experienced this before the before the technology actually caught up around here and you were trying to bet in game over the counter, it is nearly nearly impossible to get up there and get the bet scored before uh, I mean, get the bet taken before the, the odds change or it gets taken down or whatever it is. Yeah, that, that's the big thing is the timing of all that. Yes. Over in Arkansas, you get that done at a racetrack over in um, and, and in New Mexico, Brett, it's at a, a couple of indie casinos that kind of were they were like grandfathered in by some existing gaming compact. Correct. Yeah. Sports betting, not actually legal 
uh, in New Mexico, but you're right. Those the two Native American uh, casinos, I think, are offering uh, sports betting through um, some law. I. I'm not it's sure some, exactly Yeah, it's some it sort of agreement they had with the state, and that allows them to offer betting some way, shape, or form. Not really sure right. how that all got, got done. But, again, they are taking bets, so you can go ahead and throw them in there as well. Yes, they did announce in that state of Iowa, Major League Baseball came out and said that they are going to be offering a game next year. And this is one of several that they are offering that are going to be kind of like quote-unquote gimmick games. There's going to be, of course, the... The Japan games again, they're going to go over. They're going to go overseas and play in London and stuff. But this was one that they are going to be playing at a Field of Dreams game where they're going to go out to where the movie was shot and they're going to build a temporary little stadium there. Brett, was it six thousand people? They said it's going to hold eight thousand, eight thousand people that it's going to hold. Yeah, eight thousand people. And they are going to play a game. Jay, does this does this do anything for you? Do you do you like the what Major League Baseball is doing? Yeah, you know, promotion. I think it's a good thing. It brings back people. Re- certainly remember the feel of the dreams in the movies. I'm kind of interested uh, in seeing. Uh, I believe the ballpark was pretty small, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> they had like less than 300 foot uh, walls out. So I, I don't know what they'll do with the stadium and, and setting that up for play. But you know, it's kind of like playing at a minor league ballpark. And if it's nice and they can set it up right, uh, I, I don't know how they'll do with the gambling and setting a total and things like that. We, we, we're going to talk about that, but that's uh, that'll be of interest. So, Brett, talking to, a, talking to our friends over at FanDuel, they made an announcement here that they are going to be offering, and they did this last year and maybe even the year before. I can't remember if it's two years old now or just a year old, but another free survivor contest that they are going to be running. $100,000 up for grabs, right? Yeah, it's coming to the DFS sites this season. It's going to... I mean, hopefully draw some sports betters in as well. I mean, if you don't play DFS, you can still take part of this uh, survivor contest on the DFS site. Uh, we all love survivors. This one has a hundred thousand uh, dollars up top. Like you said, if more, if more than one person gets through all 17 weeks without a loss, uh, they will split the prize money. Um, so I'm excited about it. We're going to have, we're going we're to be following it from, from start to finish. If you need, for, need more information about how to sign up for Fandle, certainly uh, check out, uh, the lines this week and next week leading up to the season. Jay, have you played one of these big survivor contests before? I have, and there's interesting strategies to discuss and go over. But uh, yes, I've been in them, and they're fun and uh, enjoy it. And it's certainly fun when you see a big favorite get knocked out, and the majority of the pools gets knocked out as well. <laughs> what is your what is your kind of top line strategy, and what's some of the kind of deeper strategy you've used in the past? Well, in regular sports betting, I rarely lay a road favorite, and I certainly don't lay it over a field goal. And so in a, in a survivor, I, I won't play road favorite. Um, but you want to definitely look at schedule and try to map out early in the season where you think you know people are going to play the, the biggest favorite on the board. And I, I actually try to avoid playing the biggest favorite, hoping that they'll get knocked off in a number of them. But sometimes it's inevitable if I'm looking at the schedule and I see you know this is the week that they're – you know, land 10, 11, and I, I can get that win in, and you hope, and, and, and get by that week without um, getting knocked out with a bunch of others. But, but it's just tendency that most betters are going to play the weekly favorite that's the biggest favorite that week and maybe not look ahead to a schedule enough to analyze uh, weeks ahead where there's going to be tighter, maybe tighter lines and, and people can get knocked out more playing those big favorites. Brett, what have you done in the past in these kind of big survivor-type uh, contests? 
Well, you know me. I'm a contrarian. I, I will never play the biggest favorite of the week. If there's a home favorite in the range, like minus five to minus seven, that's where I'll try to go. Uh, especially in week one, we just don't know what to expect from a lot of these teams. So I, yes. I, I try to go really contrarian in week one uh, it, 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 with the hopes that somebody like Philly or Seattle uh, will go down and, and get rid of maybe, maybe, I don't know, a third or half the field. Yes. You know what? I didn't even think about this, that we might have people listening to this that don't have any idea what a survivor contest is. So why don't you give them the quick rundown? Because we're sitting here talking about strategy for something and they might be wondering, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> go, go ahead, Jay. So it, well, we're talking about picking a straight up winner each week, not against the spread, just pick the winner of the game. And uh, in most of them, you can only use the team. You, you can only use the team once through the season. So in week one, if you took one of the biggest favorites, the Eagles over the Redskins um, or the or, or Seattle over Cincinnati, they're both laying about nine points. If you use them and they win and you advance, you cannot use them the rest of the season. And the goal obviously is each week to pick the, to pick the straight up winner and advance. And if you, if your team gets beat, you're eliminated. So it seems kind of easy at times thinking, oh, I'll just pick these big favorites every week. But the reality is once one or two of them go down, you see a lot of the, the pool get eliminated. And and then sometimes during the season, as you get knocked out, someone will have another contest for the rest of the season. So it's, uh, it, you'll, you'll be surprised. I think a lot of people that haven't played or are familiar that a, a number of the field will be knocked out after five, six, seven weeks. And, and you'll be sitting there in good shape if you can um, just have your winners going every week. A strategy I have used in the past, and if you can make it to kind of that week seven, eight, like you just mentioned, is try to identify these teams that you feel like are going to start tanking and then just chase that team every week as long as you can do that and you haven't used up the the team that's playing that team. There's probably going to be at least a few teams that are going to be tanking for Tua this year whenever they realize that their season has gone down the shitter. And so one strategy could be to kind of identify who those teams are and pretty much just blindly play whoever is playing against them because the getting uh, getting Tua on your team, getting the number one pick for next year for some of these uh, teams that deem themselves quarterback needy is uh, going to be a pretty big thing. It's going to be a real thing as well. And so I expect that we will be able to identify those some of those teams by about kind of week eight, nine, something like that. And uh, I, I've, I've had some pretty good success just chasing those teams and, and blindly picking against them. Yeah, like or that. Does, does that mean you lean more towards chalk early on? Uh, not necessarily. I just uh, I, I'll, I'll find spots. I, I do like you. I do like you guys as well. Like I will try and save stronger teams or teams that I deem to be stronger teams for use later in the pool. I actually was able to get second place in a pretty big one uh, last year. And I basically used the strategy of saving teams that I thought were stronger teams until later on in the year. So when I on the weeks where I could not basically pick against the tanking team, then I had a you know, a Patriots or a Chiefs or a Steelers right. or a Rams kind of in my holster to use. And that was has kind of been my strategy in, in these in their survivors before this FanDuel uh, survivor is going to be huge. So uh, I'm definitely going to be more aggressive in, in trying to find like some of the sneakier, lesser owned teams, especially early on. Uh, I think just going chalk every week, you're not really going to get anywhere. And you might end up I mean, if you if you take that route, you might end up splitting uh, prize at the end uh, if a lot of those chalk teams you know, follow through and, and, and hit. 
One last comment. I've glanced at some of the rules. And, you know, there's there's sites out there, whether it's Numbers Fires or some of these others as well, for listeners who are wondering what are the what are the chances and the odds of a team winning when they're favored by nine. Those sites are out there that give you the probability. But also some of these survivors have a buy during the week. And I, I don't know if FanDuel has that in theirs or not. I, I've read through some of it but hadn't seen that. But sometimes you actually can take a buy in some of the survivors I've played in. And that's another strategy as you get a little deeper. And if you're just uncertain or there's not a big favorite, you like or you're just not uncertain of a team you want you can take a bye week as well yeah because this one is so big i don't think Fandle has not. that one uh brett they also are doing a pick em contest as well for free yeah weekly prizes awarded to the top performers every single week all you have to do is pick every game straight up uh ten thousand dollars up for grabs in week one so again if you don't play dfs but love to bet on sports and want to participate check out uh the story we have at the lines uh, we'll give you everything you need to get signed up for these free contests and uh vandal actually has a, a nice new deposit bonus if you want to try dfs as well these uh you know these pick them and, and survivor contests are free but if you want to try dfs uh for the huge huge contest we talked about last week uh now is now is definitely time to do it more contests here we're talking about handicapping and sports betting contest this time uh vsin's dave tooley as of early tuesday afternoon there were 1407 entries in the super contest there were 46 in the super contest gold 445 in the Circa Million, and then 109 in the Gold Nugget Handicapping Contest. If you guys remember, 1407 in that Super Contest, that is the $1,500 buy-in. There's no guarantee, but uh, they are definitely going to pay out over a million dollars to first place in that one. They certainly have done that the last two years, and they like this top-heavy structure. The Super Contest Gold is the $5,000 buy-in, winner-take-all, so you can just multiply those entries uh, times the times the amount of 5000 and that's what the first First place winner is going to take in that. Circa Millions, as you remember, is guaranteed $1.5 million, $1 million to first. Right now, again, only 445 people in that, which, of course, means 445000 So they are a million overlay right now in that contest. And the Golden Nugget contest is kind of a combo contest between NFL and college picks. We have inquired with Sugar House to see how that contest is looking, so we'll have an update for you next week on that to see how many entries are over there in that one. But as you remember, that price point much, much lower over there, $150 to buy in with a half a million guaranteed, $125,000 to first in that one. Jay, are you have you made up your mind? I remember when we talked about these, uh, uh, these contests and the breaking them down and everything like that, you were contemplating a little bit have you decided if you're going to play any of these contests have you decided which ones and have you decided how many entries you're going to do etc etc yeah i'm definitely gonna be in the circa and i've had a i've had a few different people reach out to me um i've been in i've been a partner in some before i've been offered to partner in with some wanting to kind of strategize and have some of my input and um i'm they may very well do the gold nugget and i'm also looking at some of the um college uh, where there's a college and pro mix and and i think william hill has had some of those so i'll probably be in at least uh, two or three this year so uh not certain i'll do westgate I, last time i did that was 2016 and after coming pretty close and just missing money i just i get a little disappointed like we've talked about not getting more payouts to a, a larger percentage but be that as it is these are it, it's great i think to see more and more contests coming aboard and available to the players and the betters. Dave Tooley, after he put out this tweet, actually was going back and forth with several people who were commenting on this tweet and, and mentioning about that payout structure at the Circa contest. And he said, 
pretty much the he echoed exactly what we did. He was like, you know, listen, this is the first time out of the gate. They wanted to make a splash and guaranteeing a million dollars to first place and guaranteeing a million and a half prize pool. It's how they wanted to go about that. But he also added, and this guy's really plugged in here in Vegas. He said, I can guarantee you they are going to listen to feedback when it comes to the second iteration of this contest next year and certainly are going to be listening to people when it comes to payout structure and what they would prefer to see. And so kind of, Jay, as we, you know, we alluded to that, we figured that Derek and them over there, look, they're sharp guys. They've been in Vegas a long time. They understand that they want to cater to the the, the betters here and the masses and whatnot. And I, I totally understand why they structured it the way they did this year. I totally understand for marketing purposes why they did what they did. And I think Dave Tooley pretty much all but said he's talked to them already about what we would possibly see in the you know 2020 version of this contest, and it seems like it's might it's going to be one with a flatter payout structure. Yeah, I think they'll get there. And, and think of think of it like this: it's it's really as sports betting has become legal, and now you have all these options and opportunities, or you know at least 13 choices of where do you want to bet in New Jersey. Um, you know, think of FanDuel offering their big tournaments, and then others, other sports books, whether it be DraftKings or points bet, and some of those that we talk about, and they come out with another promotion. And and that's what I think you're going to see Circa and some of these other sports books doing is they want to they want the best opportunities, the players, the feedback, and and give another option and. You'll see it in the sports betting world. We see the promos a lot, and you'll see a, a circle make the adjustments if needed. But I think initially to to make a big splash and have a one million payout and do the quarterly payouts as well during the season, I think is a good start. Brett, basically right before we went on air here, so we don't have the details on this, and we'll have the details for you next week. It looked like there was a New Jersey contest that got announced. Not a big one. It looked like it was only a $40,000 guarantee, but it, it is at least the first Jersey contest that we've seen kind of pop up here. Ooh, where is that one? Yeah, it was it looked like it was at one of the it was looked like it was casino sponsored as opposed to one of the, you know, DraftKings fan duel, whatever it might be. It looked like it was just actually at a physical casino, that, but it was still a handicapping contest out of New Jersey, 40,000 guarantee in that one. So we'll get that one. We'll get some details for you on that one for the people out in Jersey. If you're interested again, smaller guarantee there, but at least somebody is, is making the plunge. And that's certainly again, what we were just talking about the more the merrier here, because it's going to make everybody better. There's no doubt about that. Looking here at the NBA guys, the NBA released their schedule here I have not even begun. I am so incredibly <laughs> swamped with everything NFL right now and in college football that I have not even begun to put wrap my little brain around what could possibly be with this NBA schedule release. Brett, Jay, either one of you guys, have you had a chance to look over this? Did anything pop out at you? Is there anything that you would like to kind of glean from this NBA schedule getting released? Yeah, sure. I'll start. I mean, the, the NBA went silent there for a couple of weeks after the, the madness of free agency where everybody was talking about it. That has calmed. But the league is back in the news this week with the release of the 2019-20 schedule. First thing that caught my eye was a reduction of the super late primetime doubleheaders on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Most of those games have been pushed up half an hour to an hour. So I might actually be able to stay up here in the East <laughs> yes. to watch to watch the conclusion of a Lakers and Clippers game. Those two teams will play on opening night. The Clippers one point favorites against LeBron and AD. And I know you aren't excited about it, Matt, but just like thinking about Lakers Clippers on opening night gets me excited. I am in love with this Clippers team. This roster is all business. Um, I'm fired up to watch them play. And 
the NBA is, is fun again. We talked about it over the past couple of years, how the you know the, the Warriors kind of ruined the NBA with their super team. It's it's a lot more balanced now and, and worth watching again. And you know, I know we are in football mode, but I'm really looking forward to getting back in the NBA. And it all starts opening night with Lakers Clippers. Jay, did you take a look at this? Did anything kind of jump off the page to you at all? I'm not as excited about the NBA as Brett is, but um, I was looking at some of the totals, I, and I was going to ask Brett a question. You know, before the, the trade of Kawhi Leonard, I think the Clippers had a 48-season uh, win total, and now they're up among the tops. They, In fact, I think they saw them 54-and-a-half, 55-and-a-half, and even a 56-and-a-half, I believe, at DraftKings. Brett, is that going to be obtainable for them And looking at schedule and chemistry, and do you think that's something they can get to? I think the Clippers is definitely attainable, certainly more than the Lakers. I, I worry with the Lakers about them having you know, their stars taking days off. So, uh, well, you also got to factor in the, uh, I mean, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, I think, tore his ACL today yes, he as did. well. He, so, is, he is now definitely down and out. I just looked on FanDuel. It has not adjusted any. I mean, uh, they don't think that he's worth a win. I'll just put it that way, or at least the market hasn't yet because it is it is exactly the same as it was this morning for their win total and the juice and everything on on the overs and unders and whatnot so uh, I think they were pretty much just looking at him as being a role player as opposed to an actual contributor there for the Lakers at least the market has not adjusted at all another big thing about betting those season wins I I I like you don't want to tie up my money necessarily or a significant bet on the season wins but again injuries are such a big of significance and importance and the Lakers at one time I think had a season win total showing 37 and now they're up about 50 as well 51 and a half and then you have an injury or two and you know, I think you want to see how the chemistry plays out but um, on, on the players that are coming in and new but we see this every year we see it in all sports we saw it in the Vikings last year when they obtained Cousins and now everyone's picking them to go to the Super Bowl the Lakers were you know a prime team that everyone's going to excited about but it seems like that's a juicy total to have to get over and above and now you have an injury and those are things to consider when you're betting these and people are yeah people are excited about the lakers Uh, they are the second most bet team uh for the win total they are the most bet team by total bets and handle for the championship so uh and that is over at that is over at at, uh fanduel right yeah correct and and so looking here at those win totals, as you mentioned, Lakers, 51 and a half, Clippers, 54 and a half, Bucks, 57 and a half, Sixers, 53 and a half, Nets, 44 and a half, Warriors, 47 and a half, Rockets, 53 and a half, Knicks, oh man, <laughs> this 26 feels 26 <laughs> and a half for the Knicks, poor Knicks fans, I mean, golly, that is just so horrible, Nuggets, 52 and a half as well, and as you mentioned, Brett, these teams, as we're talking at hand, as far as just by handle on win totals over there, Nuggets, Lakers, Thunder, Knicks, and Nets. And then we talk about just outright markets here. By handle, we're talking Lakers, 76ers, Nets, Jazz, and Warriors. So pretty much the teams you would expect. I mean, you throw the Nets in there with the, with their splash play and, of course, the regional bias that's going on there. I think the only one that's kind of interesting to me is the Jazz because Jazz just continue to be this very unsexy team, this team that's located in Utah, This you know, as we mentioned, not even any gambling there. So we know for a fact that it's not coming from people in Utah oh, that, yeah. are, that, are, that are betting on this Jazz team. So it's just it's kind of interesting that they're thrown in there. How far away is Salt Lake from the Nevada border? Nevada. Got him, got him. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's pretty far. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
it's pretty far. They're not making that trek. That's for sure. They're, they're, they're not making that trek. That's not happening. So uh, there is your NBA way, way, way too early NBA stuff. I know we haven't even got started with football yet, but if you want to take a look at this, there will be a breakdown over at the line soon on all of this. So be sure and head to the lines.com. Pretty interesting stuff here as the NFL continues to talk out the side of their mouth. They dip their toe in yet again, a deal done with Sport Radar. So, Brett, this is a thing we keep talking about. These leagues, we and, and even this morning, we got an announcement that FanDuel had, uh, had come into an agreement with Major League Baseball. So they join DraftKings and um, what is it, MGM, right, that have the, the formal partnerships with, with Major League Baseball as well. Well, here goes the NFL. Yeah, and uh, Sport Radar had been the play-by-play stats provider of the NFL since 2015. It now has an expanded deal that allows them to distribute all of the NFL's real-time play-by-play stuff to legal sports books in the U.S. and overseas. So books who work with Sport Radar now can use the live data for in-play wagering where odds are constantly moving by the second. Uh, so they'll have access to faster data and that improves the live betting product for customers. And so this is a this is a big deal for uh, the product side. The NFL is also going to use Sport Radar's integrity services uh, to monitor betting uh, betting on all, all the NFL games, including the preseason. So uh, a lot of different components to this. I think there's also a video component where uh, all overseas sports books can can use live video uh, to stream on their product. So a lot going on with this deal, not just from the betting side. Hey Jay, it's a real shocker, right? That this giant thing that we call sports betting, it's been happening for they they act like it hasn't been going on. It's been happening in the shadows for 50 years now. And then here it is. And now when it first started, it was like, oh no, this is still the devil. It's still the devil. And then they saw how fast this started to spread across the country and how open everybody was to it. And now the NFL is kind of changing their tune a little bit and saying like, okay, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I mean, real shocker, right? It's unbelievable. It's been, you know, the NFL has been so hypocritical for so many years. And um, whether it be sports betting or the fantasy, and they had the NFL players coming out here to Vegas to, you know, sit in on a fantasy uh, uh, course and classes out here and, and, and marketing promotions. And then you had NFL owners actually buying into DraftKings and buying into some of these other uh, fantasy companies years ago um, before all this became legal. So it's a hypocritical league, but when there's money to be made, you understand now why they're trying to get these partnerships. It's, it's just, you know, we're going to see all of the uh, promotions for these companies in the stadiums at some point on advertising. They've been slower than the other leagues to step forward, but this sport radar deal certainly um, is significant from dollar standpoint. And uh, tells you that they're they're certainly aware and understanding of the NFL with the betting component, and they're going to get in on the action as well. Now, Brett, the jury is still out whether the official data, you know, quote unquote, official data, really actually improves the in play experience. And we've had some people come out and say that it will actually will like you know help you get seconds faster on what gets delivered to to your phone and different things like that. I mean, I can believe that at the same time i still think you're going to be restricted to the app that you have already built as well i mean we've seen that there are 
certainly some of these apps in New Jersey and, and in Nevada that are much easier to bet on in game than others. And so at the end of the day, sure, I guess you could say that official data could help with speed of things like that. But I think you're still kind of at the mercy of your build. Yeah, I think so, too. And that, that's really the big question is, is how does this improve the in-play product? They claim it will. Uh, and, and what will sports books be able to offer that they didn't before? I know the sport radar will have access to the next gen stats, but those are I, I don't know how you could f- work those into like betting options. I mean, we're talking about like the fastest ball carriers, the the you know, average separation for pass catchers. These are things that, you know, sports books aren't really going to use. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think we really uh, in Nevada, in Nevada, especially I love this. I mean, this, you honestly are really and truly stepping up to the plate today. Like nothing other. I am very, very happy. I'm very happy in, here in Nevada, especially. Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, do you guys, do you guys bet in game NBA or anything like that? Uh, during the season, where did you see any difference since uh, the NBA and MGA, MGM had that had that deal? I have not seen any difference personally, but I don't know. I mean, Jay, have you seen anything? No, and I've I've played some in play, but not on the NBA. And I'm, I'm reading uh, as some of this comes across um, how that's going to play. And it, uh, no, with regards to the sports, remember, I think we had the sports books here in Nevada that. Um, Weren't they trying to? Wasn't Major League Baseball trying to say they had to use their official data? And the sports books were like, "We don't have, we don't use. It's just not worth us from an in-game standpoint to be required to use that. And it's not going to make a difference on our handle." Isn't that what the, some of this will go to, towards in considering whether the sports books will use it, whether it's going to be worth it on on the in-game? Yeah, I, I am a hundred percent. I'm hundred percent skeptical. Like, I mean, I think it is. I think it is very, very, very easy to say, oh, it's going to make things better. It's going to make things faster. Everything's going to be great. And then there's really not a lot of ways that we can prove it one way or the other, you know. So, I mean, you know, I'm okay. I guess I I guess I believe you, you know, I mean, I, I mean, and what else do we have to do? We can't do anything other than just believe them. All right, so now we are going to head into week two here of the preseason. Jay, week one, did you make any bets? How did it treat you? How are things going? Didn't make any bets. I know you had the Titans, and we're right on top of uh, the quarterback situation and how it was going to play out. And um, we, we talked a little bit, and, and week two I haven't either yet. I'm actually considering because of some situational things on the weekend games. But the thing I noticed uh, initially is the betters need to be aware of is that the totals were up markedly. I think there's only one total that opened above 40 in in uh, week two, and yet that one's been bet down sharply coming here on uh, uh, the, the, the week two schedule of the – I think it's the Eagles game, right? It's been bet down. Yeah, the Eagles and the Jacksonville games have been bet down from 38 down to 34 and a half. But other than that, I'm, I'm just kind of watching the totals move and have a little more to do before I dive in yet. So let's skip the Thursday games because by the time people listen to this podcast, those will already be done. But looking at Friday, Saturday, and there's even a, some Sunday, Monday games this week here, we have the Bills and Panthers, the Panthers going off as three-point favorites in that one. Bears and Giants, Giants going off as two-point home favorites in that one. And Bucks and Dolphins, Bucks two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Those are the three Friday games. Brett, you are a Bills guy. 
what are you looking for from this Bills team? Is anything interesting to you from a Bills fan perspective? And does any do any of those three, these three games jump out at you from a betting perspective? I mean, I'm mostly looking at the roster itself for the Bills. I, I you know, I don't bet preseason. I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys to, to decide where the, where the value is in these games. But, I mean, for the Bills, you know, the defense is pretty much set. I'm looking at what they're going to do, a wide receiver and running back. A lot of questions uh, at, at those two positions. But And obviously, you know, the, the progress of Josh Allen as, uh, as a passer um, is going to be it's going to be interesting to follow here leading up to the season, uh, but that's that's mostly what I'm looking at here is, is what these teams are doing with their rosters and using that to uh, kind of look at where we can handicap the week one games. So, Jay, I'll tell you what I did. It's just an experiment last week as well, which I thought was pretty fun, pretty interesting, is I took every one of the games that were two or two and a half, and I teased them up to eight, eight and a half, and they all came through and they all hit. So wow, um, yes. so they went 100 percent. And it was I did a full parlay of I mean, a, a full teaser of them all. And then I did uh, a round robin as well, like of, of, of some of the parlays even and things. And it was it was interesting to me. My theory was that if you teased up these teams through the eight points or to the eight points or through the eight points, is a team's third string really that much better? Is, is it really a touchdown better than another team's third string when these games are projected to be that incredibly close? And again, it was just more of an experiment than anything else. I would only do that in a week one where we know we're not going to see very much from any of the team starters and all that. And so it just kind of uh, the, these teams now that we get into week two, two and three. We're going to see varying links of how much these starters play and all that. So I, I, w- I wouldn't test that hypothesis there. But something I'm certainly going to take into account maybe for week one preseason next year as well. If I can find the opportunity to just push all these games up to eight or eight and a half, uh, I might continue to do that because the the thought that some other team scrubs that are all trying to fight to even get a, a roster spot are that much better than some other team scrubs in the NFL. Uh, it's proven maybe that it's uh, not the case. Here's the one thing I'll comment on the weekend games and and I haven't played any bets and I'm, I'm here's my dilemma is the one small favorite that I was considering playing was the Colts. Um, unfortunately, it got bet up sh- right away and I, I was traveling a little bit early this week and didn't have my research and I still would want to do an analysis. But the Colts are laying three now to the the Browns and I think I talked uh, previously on the podcast and some of the motivational situations if there is a little bit of an edge there. Um, Indy lost their first preseason game. Cleveland won their first preseason game. Um, I, if I knew that luck is going to play a little bit more and I'm going to have a little more starters playing at home, I can see why that line moved sharply. It's also better than this. I, I know for certain um, isolating some things with this. It's a, it's better than a 60% play where it's it's come through on a success rate when you have an 0-1 going up against a 1-0 and there's a couple other parameters in there. But we're not talking just trends. We're just talking about situational betting and that's why I think that game got bet up from I it looked like it opened one one and a half and is up to three I think the two and a halfs are gone so that was one I was looking at for Saturday but the rest of this again is best you, you just broke some of it down you want to know if, if you're going to play these sometimes you can maybe make first half plays because you're going to have a lot of backups playing in this week too as well the one other comment I'll make and it, um, it's the Raiders and I've been hearing um, and, and need to do a little bit more the Raiders have come down from a three-point underdog against Arizona down to one one, one and a half still out there. And it's been uh, told anyway that 
The Raiders, I believe their next opponent week three, they play during the regular season. So they're not going to show as much in that week three, which is normally when the starters play more. They're not going to show as much. So I believe you're going to see more starters and a little more uh, effort like a week three this week from the Raiders in their week two game at Arizona. So that's why you've seen the money come in there. And it may not may not be enough. Obviously, if they can win this outright, they would cover one and a half right now. One of the weekend games, uh, Browns at the Colts here. A One of the bigger spreads we have on the week is the Colts minus four here. Brett, my hypothesis being with this spread being at four is with this Andrew Luck situation that has now spiraled into one of the weirdest things. They're doing it again. This Indianapolis Colts team is like, yep. oh, it's minor injury. It's fine. And then, oh, now it's a little bit worse than we thought. And now it's, oh, this guy might not is not going to play all preseason. And it might actually leak into the regular season. My hypothesis here is a reason why we're looking at a four-point spread here with the Colts is everyone's just assuming that Jacoby Brissett is probably going to get a decent amount of work in this game as they try to go ahead and prepare him to possibly be the starter for this team come week one, two, three, four maybe of the NFL season. It's an interesting dynamic because you can look at it that way. You could also look at it as do you just bubble wrap Jacoby Brissett. The guy's a pro. He's been around for years and just and give some of these backups more time, PJ Walker and, and Chad Kelly. So I don't, I, I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Brissett. I think it could be pretty telling about Andrew Luck and where he's at. If we see Jacoby Brissett play the entire first half, or if he just plays the first quarter, I, I I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Frank Reich and, and, and the staff does with uh, the quarterback situation on I will be also Saturday, pretty, yeah. yeah, I'll be also interested, uh, Jay, in this Cowboys. Cowboys travel, play the Rams on the road, and the Cowboys are actually one of the few road favorites in the preseason. If you look at these games, it's pretty much down the line. If it's not a pick 'em, it is the home team that's favored. I think this Cowboys team, I guess people also look at this, and if you break this game down just on the surface, this Rams team basically returned everybody. They don't have a lot to prove. They don't have a lot to try to gel with. I mean, it is going to be the same quarterback, same running back, same wide receivers, same line, pretty much the same defense. So top to bottom, this Rams team's kind of intact. And then you have this question mark surrounding this Cowboys team where I think that people are looking at this saying, well, these Cowboys have some people that are going to need to prove themselves. How much is Pollard going to play with what's going on with this uh, Zeke situation and whatnot? So I understand why the Cowboys are actually road favorites in this one, and I'm actually semi-intrigued at them as road favorites in this one. One thing, yes, and and again, for our listeners and many of the betters that – that follow the NFL and 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 get try to get ahead of the line moves and know that in the in their regular season there's not as much movement there's certainly some but in the preseason there can be significant movement and this game was one the Rams were open a favorite they immediately went underdog and now they're two and a half point underdog in places and the reason is uh, the coach he has shown that the, and it was in week one against the Raiders as well they just look disinterested he's not going to show his hand on what, what maybe they're going to play as far as a playbook, but also the starters aren't playing as much. And that's why we saw this particular game move so significantly. They just think the Rams are going to just go through the motions in a sense. But that being said, you know, you don't want to lay bad numbers. You want to try to get ahead of those moves and maybe make a decision instead of laying two and a half. They maybe can get find a first half. You, you lay one and hope the Dallas starters come in and play a little bit more and and get out in front. And because, again, you, you don't want to get into the habit of following the line moves and laying bad numbers. But if you're going to do it a, a little bit, it's better in the preseason than in the regular season because it's, it's shown that um, – 
you, you can you can follow these moves more and have more success than you can during the regular season. Last game I wanted to touch on is that Monday nighter, 49ers at the Broncos. The Niners currently over at DraftKings, uh, two and a half point dogs in this one. Brett, the reason I'm looking at this one a little bit is from a Niners perspective, if you believe these practice reports and you believe what's coming, uh, what's going on over there in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo seems to be struggling a pretty good amount, apparently through five picks in practice yesterday and apparently has not looked incredibly sharp. I wonder if the 49ers are actually going to play. I mean, when you think about it, he went out fairly early last year. I mean, this is a guy that did not have a ton of time on the field with these teammates and, and whatnot. And so I, you know, again, we have to speculate a lot in the preseason, but I wonder if this 49ers team, we might see these starters out there for a little bit longer than you would actually expect. Maybe kind of a first half bet here on the 49ers, just from the aspect of Jimmy G trying to get his shit together and maybe trying to gel a little bit more with these receivers, maybe trying to get his offensive line a little bit more in tune with how he plays and whatnot. So I don't know. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. We still have a couple of days before that one goes off on Monday. But this 49ers team at least is something I'm going to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by this line just because of the reasons you just said. I, I would think they try to get Jimmy G more snaps in this one, especially with so many question marks at wide receiver. We don't really know what the receiving core is going to look like out of the gate. You've got like you know, four or five guys who could be competing for a starting job there. So uh, I would not be shocked at all if they if they ran Jimmy G out there for the first half. What is do, are there any first heart, first half lines out there yet? Because that might yeah that might be the play. Yeah, there are there are some first half lines that are they they usually come out the day of the game, especially mm-hmm. on DraftKings. So if you check back on DraftKings, like all the games Thursday night have first half lines listed and first half money lines and, and things like that. So uh, if you check back over there, you can definitely get that by the time this game rolls around. So something I'm going to keep an eye on anyway, because I feel like that this 49ers team thinks they have a chance to be good this year. And I think if they if there's some holes that need to be plugged, that this is probably a prime chance to go ahead and do that. And so wouldn't surprise me, as you mentioned, if Jimmy G plays an entire half here, even in week two of the preseason. Yeah, and if he does, uh, I think that's you're, you're on the right side. Guys, appreciate you joining us this week for episode 62 of the Lions podcast. Again, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. So please go in, subscribe, rate, and review. That would be very, very, very nice of you. All the kind words help us co- climb up those charts where more people can find this podcast. You can reach us at the Lions US, at PlayPix US, at Fairway J, at Brett Colson, at Matt Brown M2. If you want to follow us individually on the old Twitter machine, and we, again, answer questions, do different things like that as well, and, and try to help you out as much as we can over, over that medium, too. For Jay, for Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.